It's time to get chiseled with Rob Hamadari. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chiseled. And why do we call it Chiseled? Because we're all a work in progress. Today, I have a guest, Rob Wallace Jr. Rob is a, a engineer in design and development of renewable energy projects, and he's done so with public and private clients. Now, he's done this for years, so he formed his company, Power 52. And from the Power 52 company with the renewable energy projects, he created a, he wrote a book, I should say, authored a book, The 52 Principles of Power, yeah. Yeah. which in turn is about helping others, about help, helping others and especially young, younger kids live a better life and do what God calls them to do. Amen. So Rob, welcome to the show today. Hey, thank you, man. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate you having me. Man, I am so grateful to have you. I'm excited about this. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just a pleasure to have you, man. Yeah, God is good. He connects his soldiers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. I love that. We're soldiers. That's right. Yeah, soldiers, fighting, that's right. fighting a good fight. That's right. So, Rob, you told me when we first talked uh, a couple of weeks ago about doing this podcast, I asked you a little bit about your background. And you yeah, said, yeah, you came from a highly educated family, well-to-do. You could have went to any school you, you, you wanted to, but you chose to go to a public school in Poly. Yeah. And you also made the comment to me that to have me laugh. And you said, well, I wanted to learn both sides of the track. So I played right. football and I shot craps. Right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that, Rob. Tell me about that. You know, so, so we grew up in Howard County, Maryland, right? So Howard County is like, it's like the melting pot of the world. So, you know, my best friends growing up were Asian, Black, Russian. Um, we didn't lock our doors, right? So uh -huh. if you go to someone's house, open the door, hey, mom, she made Indian food, Chico, uh, chicken uh, teriyaki one night. And then we go to another house and they had some other dish. And so we grew up in this like community of like inclusiveness slash privilege uh -huh. slash um, a micro or bubble within the real world. And so I went to, I grew up all the way through um, high school there, played lacrosse, it's part of the chess team. And then I got to my senior year and I was like, hold on a second, man. Like these, these, these things that we do out here doesn't seem to represent the real world. And what had happened up until then was that my mom would always send us to my aunt's house every summer, which is in the inner city of Baltimore to hang out for a month every summer because she wanted us to appreciate how blessed we were. Right. So we'd leave our own rooms. We each had our own room, our own bathroom in the, Howard, in the county and go into the city where it's five of us, me and my cousins in bunk beds, sleeping in one room. One of them always peed in the bed. So the room always <laughs> smelled funny. You know, the floor always creaked. You know, the night light, the, the street light comes on. That's when you come inside. And so I got to kind of see both sides there. But I said it made me appreciate what I had. However, when I got to my senior year, I noticed two things. One. My grades were extremely screwed up. So I had party, you know, we go over our friend's house after school, hang out, party, and you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So my grade, my GPA was messed up. All my friends who were older than me had graduated and some of them went on to college, some didn't, but they didn't really seem to like have a huge trajectory into where they wanted to go. They didn't have clear direction. And I said, hold on a second, something's not right. I said, let me, let me switch gears here. And so my junior year, I transferred to Polytech which is the opposite of, of Howard County. So uh -huh. not all white school, it's all black school. It's not a county, it's in the, it's in the hood in Baltimore. <laughs> However, what's interesting about Poly is although it's in the city, it's a technical school. But because I got there, man, I learned how to roll crack, right? I learned a lot of things that I never learned in the county, how to deal with people, how to resolve conflict. What's the other side of the coin? So I never saw like the whole color, race relations, being black while driving when I was in Howard County, because we were all different colors, we never had an issue. 
It wasn't until right. I went in the city and I saw how the police sometimes he treated African-American men and me and my cousins getting pulled over or, or handcuffed or all kind of stuff. And so going to that school opened my eyes to what the other side was like. And that's when I was committed to number one, making sure I never ended up on the other side, right? But number two, how do I help those folks who are on the other side have experiences so they can see what I saw? They can see how it is to live on my side, right? Yeah. To have your own house and to have your own bedroom and two parents and, 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 um, and, and an opportunity to grow in a safe environment, right? And so when I transferred to Poly, man, something clicked in me. I got a 4.0 that last year of high school. I crushed my SATs, got a, got a full ride in Virginia Tech, put them across there. But it all came from that moment where the Lord said, okay, hold on a second, something's not right. We need to shift. We need to redirect. That I went to Poly, which got me into Virginia Tech. If I tried to apply with my grades right out of, of, of Centennial, I never would have gotten in. So what was, what was the shift? shift? What, what did, like you said, that, that something, something clicked. What was it that clicked? So I realized that there was more to life and opportunity than just what we saw, right? I saw how we did as a family. But when I went into these cities, man, I saw people struggling. Lack of food, lack of resources, lack of hope, right? If you weren't a drug dealer, if you weren't a hustler or played football, you were not going to get out of the city. And so when I saw the privilege that I had, right, from, from a Howard County perspective, and then saw how the other half lived, I was intrigued on how can I make this better? Like, 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 like there's got to be more to it than this. Yeah. And because I had seen the other side, I felt that it was my responsibility to go in and see what I could do to help, to, to jump in, head in, and understand what's involved in that community and that life and figure out what solution I can make to get out. And so I made the decision to transfer. Wow. Were you always a spiritual guy? Did you always think that way? Or is it something that, that evolved over time? Well, okay. So now you're digging into, now you're digging into a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, chiseling honestly, away at you, You're chiseling away. <laughs> so, so, so honestly, what happened when I was um, about, I think I was 13 or 14, my uncle was murdered, right, in, in Baltimore. Okay. Um, he was a witness to another murder. And so they executed him oh in the middle of the street in front of all my relatives and cousins. Um, and it devastated my mom and our family. Right. And so part of it was for me, when I saw that is I really said, as long as I'm responsible, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to make sure that none of my other cousins have to go through this. So I need to take it upon myself to figure out a way that I can help get them out the hoods. How can I help get them out? And the first part of that was getting myself out, right? Yeah. That, was, that was number one. But I wanted to understand, like, man, the dynamics behind it and, like, just jump in full. I mean, imagine growing up in a white neighborhood all your life, spoon-fed, had your own car when you're 16, right? Yeah. And then you see this other side. Number one, it's intriguing because you're like, hold on a second. These drug dealers, one, are making a lot of money. They're driving better cars than my parents. And But there's also the other half of them who are not successful, who are being murdered, who are being killed yeah. and have no way out. And so the things that I took for granted around being able to go to school and being able to go to college was not a reality for, the, for those folks. And so it, it was a place in my heart um, to how can I help? How can I serve? And it started at a young age, man. When my uncle got murdered, it was just like, you know, to be gone, to be here one day and be gone the next. It just it just it just rung something in me that said no 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 I gotta dig into this yeah. and I was tired of being on the count I was tired of being so separated from the family not knowing what was going on living in this bubble and I got cousins that I love that are going through hell 
And so I just said, how do I get closer to him? And I said, let me transfer to an inner city school. Right. Now it's a good school. It was a yeah. good school. Don't get me wrong. But it just, it, but it all, but the second piece of that was I wanted to see how the other half lived so I could have real life experience around how I could have impact. Well, Rob, thank you for sharing that, man. That's, that's yeah, deep man. stuff. And I wasn't expecting it. And I guess you weren't expecting well, it. I either, usually but... don't bring up that part. That's, you know, it's kind of, some people say it's like um, um, morbid or so on and so forth, but it happened, right? Yeah, it happened. I mean, it's, it's the reality we live in right now. And so. And it's part of your journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now yeah. help me out here, Rob. So you, you had this experience, you transferred yeah. to Poly. Then where did like renewable energy come into play here? How did that, <laughs> how did, how did that evolve? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. So I went to college. I went to uh, Virginia Tech uh, for electrical engineering, um, played across the first two years. But then when I got to my engineering program, it was too complicated for me to do both. I was like, I can't get up at 4 a.m. and study engineering. <laughs> so um, I finished my electrical engineering degree, worked at Northrop Grumman um, as an RF engineer for four years. So building like B-2 bomber, F-22, AWACS, all these different defense. Um, Sophisticated uh, stuff there. Yeah, man. And during that time, I did my master's, studied for my master's at Johns Hopkins, so master's in electrical engineering. And then um, this, this is a crazy story. Listen to this. So there's this guy named Steve Stillmore. My dad was looking for this BMW. He wanted, you know, he was an entrepreneur. He wanted to buy his first luxury car. And so he finds this article online about buying a car. It was an ad. Back in the old days, you want to add in the paper and then you can call about the car and you can uh-huh. so on and so forth. Right. So long story short, he found this guy named Steve Stillmore. Uh, he was selling a green BMW 5 Series, 530, I remember, it was like 2001. And he was selling it about five grand less than what the market said the value was. But when my dad called, he's like, hey, so Steve, I want to look at this car. Steve said, hey, that car sold, but I can take you to the auction, to the auto auction and get you a vehicle. So he took my dad to the auction, charged him a 5% commission, saved my dad five grand and bought him the exact car my dad was looking for. Wow. So when I heard the model, I was like, hold on a second. So you went up there three hours. He made 5%, which is $1,500. You save five grand. So really, even if you're paying a commission, you still make money. And you came back with a car that day? I said, this is a great business model. (laughs) So I convinced Steve to teach me the business. I had to pay him a percentage of whatever I made. Yeah. But what happened was I started making more money in cars than engineering. Uh-huh. So I was making more money selling cars and I would do the exact same thing. Take people up there, take orders, so on and so forth. Selling to my managers at Northrop Grumman, my friends from school. Um, and then ultimately Baltimore Ravens, you name it. So my clientele built, I was selling Ferraris, Bentleys, Aston Martins, wow. all kind of stuff. And so I resigned. I resigned from Northrop Grumman because I was making so much money on cars. I said, this is, I can just do, do the car business. So fast forward, 2007 and eight, daggone market crashes. And uh, I essentially get put out of business, right? Lost everything, lost my whole car business. And, and so I'm, I opened a little Vespa store down in, in Little Italy to kind of like, like figure out what I'm gonna do next. I'm selling scooters. And, and if you know in Baltimore, if you have like a DUI or something like that, all you can ride is a scooter. So a I was scooter, selling right. a bunch of scooters to folks who had DUIs. <laughs> You know, uh, other folks. The other half, the other side of the track. Right, right, right. I'm selling scooters. 9.99, 50cc uh, scooters, right to get around. Um, And so my dad came to me and said, "He said, look, you owe me for undergrad, and and you and you owe me for some for your masters. Solar is the next big thing. Why don't we start a solar company? So we started a solar company called Biff Energy, which was my dad's kind of parent company." Um, I, I, I always joke him. I, I say it means boys in the, in the hood 
He said it's his initials of <laughs> our grandparents. But anyway, um, so we started a solar company, man, me and my pops. And then I brought over two of my technicians from the scooter store and we started installing solar. And my first project was a 750 KW solar project in Baltimore. First one in Baltimore, which was about 4,000 solar panels. So I never did residential, never did small commercial. I always did big systems. And it was the campus for Chimes. Chimes is the organization that works with children with disabilities, where I'm now the chairman of the board. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's how I got on the board. So I built that system, man, and then we just rock and roll from there. And since then, I've done 200 plus megawatts of projects, which is about almost a billion solar panels. Um, I've installed all around the world. I've done 80% of the solar that was in Maryland uh, up until last year. Now it's kind of blossoming some more. Um, Howard County government, Carroll County government, Annapolis landfill, 17 megawatt, University of Maryland, Morgan State, Coppin State. And I've done most of the solar development in Maryland. And I took it and then expanded that to outside regions, Massachusetts, New York, Florida, Georgia, Dominican Republic, Ivory Coast. Yeah. Impressive. He's got, if you look at it, if Rob's bio, he's got an impressive bio. So uh, I encourage you to look that up. I made it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you, if you made this up, man, it's good stuff. I don't know if you could, if you could uh, make a movie that good, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so now you got all these projects going on, you're doing really well. And yeah. then I, I think yeah. it was in 2015 that we talked about it or yeah. read that yeah. uh, you went from investing in projects to investing in people. People. Yeah. yeah tell me a little is, bit about that. So, you know, once again, I love Baltimore and, um, I love the people. It's a shame kind of where it is now. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that piece in terms of politics. But anyway, um, in 15, we had the Freddie Gray riots. So if you remember, there was a young man, Freddie Gray, who was arrested for whatever he was doing. Um, they put him in the back of the paddy wagon. And in the process of commuting him from the where he was charged to the prison I mean, or to the jail, he died. Right. right. And, and, and the accusation is that. And I believe it, that he was they call it rough ride, rough ride. Essentially, they put you in the back of the patio wagon, your hands are tied. And I've been there, done that, right? You're handcuffed behind your back. You're not seatbelt tied. You're not seatbelt in the car. And so as the car's moving around, you're getting slammed into the thing. It's oh, supposed wow. to be like your, your hazing slash, uh-huh. you know, whatever. But obviously, it got out of control. And so he died. It broke his neck, and then he uh, and he passed. And so consequently, there was all these riots in Baltimore. And, you, and of course, you saw... Um, um, people walking on police cars, throwing rocks, battling with the police. And, and it was just heartbreaking to see kind of this whole thing, which we have, I've seen bubbling for years, like finally erupt. Like this is not a new thing. The, the, the clashing between the police, yeah. the, the loss of hope, loss of opportunity, murders, this is not new, but it came to a head in 2015 when the riots happened. And so what we saw, I was sitting with Sheree Brooks uh, and Ray Lewis, and who's a friend of mine, and we were looking at it and saying, like, man, this, like, this stuff is crazy. These, these kids are tearing up their own stuff. And what we saw was not that they were bad kids, but they had lost hope, right? So in their mind, no one cared. They didn't have a chance. They had no way they were going to get out. What do I do? I'm going to act out. This is an mm-hmm. opportunity for me to act out. And it really hit us. It really struck home. And so we said, well, what can we do to help? Once again, how can we help? Well, Ray was like, well, I'm Ray Lewis, so I'm the spokesman for the entire state. I'm definitely the city. So I had the access that we need as an organization. Cherie was excellent at organization management education. So she brought that piece. And then that time, my background was solar. I built most of the solar in the state. I understood the finance, development, construction, you name it. I said, well, let's put together a solar program because I understood that if we can give these individuals these three little micro credentials and skills, we can place them in full-time work and launch them into a career in renewable energy. 
And so we launched the Power 52 Foundation with seven students for the first class. And now we've graduated over 700 students, 85% placement into the renewable energy sector, um, veterans, returning citizens, high school guys and girls. Um, recidivism rate is zero for all of our students. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's had a huge impact. Good work, Usually. man. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that, Rob. So then, sure. so then, so then you, you, so now you're investing in people. Okay. Yep, exactly. So, and I think it's a, when, when I was reading, it says, you know, empowering, empowering people or kids or whomever yeah. to achieve everything God had called them to do. Yeah, man. What does yeah. that mean? Tell, yeah. tell me what that means. So like, so, so one of the things we've seen is that you can give someone a skill, but if they don't have the character, to manage that skill, that skill will not take root in their heart, right? And this was really the genesis behind the 52 principles of power. When we developed our training program, the first thought was, how do we help these people reach their full potential, spiritually, mentally, physically, right? So physically is obviously through physical education, so on and so forth. Spiritually is where the 52 principles of power comes in. And then mentally is the training. And so what we did was we wrote a, uh, we came up with the, the 52 principles as a way to rebuild a person's character before we got that seed of soil, right? Because if you give someone money and their character's not right, they're going to go back to the same thing they've always done. Yeah. If they were hustling, they're going to put in and buy more drugs. If they were, if they were stealing, they're going to just, just steal more, right? So you've got to change their heart first so that that seed can take root. It can take root. And so the genesis behind the book was, how do we come up with the workbook that that takes that principle, gives it the biblical application, then it gives it what's called the RDW application, which is me. So what, how did it apply to my life and how it changed my story? And then we walk through some discussion questions and then we give them an action item like, hey, now we, I want you to go and do this so that you can build this skill for you. And so those principles are the key to how we change and reform these, the people that we train, who we serve. And that's when we started the foundation of our program. So thus the book, the 52 principles of power, right? There you yes, go. He's got it up on the screen. I'll take a snippet of that later. We'll put that on. Yeah, we'll sure. promote it. Sure. So, so it's 52 principles. So now look, look, let's face it. You know, everybody's got these books out, seven levels of this, five things of that, you know, 12 things of this. And, and, and Rob's got 52 principles to power. So right. how can, how can somebody, read the book and focus on 52 things or is it, is it segmented in such a way that it'll lead Excellent you down the question course? so each principle in here is separate so staying true to your heart family first walk by faith not by sight be strong stay positive so each principle is a specific principle that addresses one one potential need that we all have and for me these were the principles that got me from hanging out not know what I was going to do, dealing with life, losing businesses, losing, going broke, being almost homeless, right? Being shot at, being arrested by the police, right? All these things that challenges that I've been through represents one of these principles that when I realized what the principle was, taught me something. And when I applied it to that situation, it helped me get out. And so really, honestly, I wrote this book for the class and for my kids. Yeah. Because what I want them to see is, hey, this is how dad dealt with this circumstance. This is how dad dealt with this situation, this principle. And the thought was that if they read the book <laughs> and apply it, they won't have to go through the same things that I went through to get to where I am, right? They can, they can short circuit some of the trials and tribulations through wisdom. That's the essence of wisdom is taking others' experiences and learning from it. 
right? Man, I got, funny, I got chills because I, you know, I got that book too, you know, better than, yeah. you. it's a, it's about some of these stories, some That's of right. autobiographical stories that you share with others to teach them lessons, man. Yeah. And that is so powerful uh, for you to be able to do that. Amen. Which, Amen. which, which, your, uh, which, which favorite principle of the 52? Can you pick one out? You know, I think it's keep your dreams clear than your thoughts, right? Keep your dreams clear than your thoughts. Because if you let your thoughts take over, man, your thoughts will tell you I'm not strong enough. How am I going to pay for it? Um, well, why me? Um, um, no one cares. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't have enough money, so on and so forth. But your dreams are what the Lord has put on your heart for you to achieve. Right. And sometimes we get so caught up in looking at what man sees in the natural. We forget that when God gives you a mission, he will provide everything you need to achieve that mission. It's not up to us to figure that part out. All he wants us to do is believe and take the first step. It's kind of like when Peter was getting off the boat. Paul didn't ask him, like, well, he didn't say, well, God, where should I step? Jesus, where should I step? God said, get out. And Peter, once he stepped out, that's when his faith, when his faith began to activate, that's when you saw it play out in the natural world. But yeah. not while he was sitting in the boat. So your thoughts will tell you, man, the shark's in the water. I'm not going to drown. This Jesus is crazy. He must not see all these storms. I got a family to feed. But then your dream says, or your mission says, he told me to get out the boat. Yeah. Right? And he's already on the water. So obviously, if he told me to get out, he's going to give me what I need so that I can do what he's doing. That's incredible. So, right? so it's like, yeah, it's it's amazing how you know you, you think that way, but that's like that's another level of awareness, right? So it you're is. sharing your awarenesses <laughs> with others. So so how yeah. do you, how does like yeah. somebody the average yeah. show on the street pick up Rob Wiles Jr.'s books, reads it, and says, you know, how do how do I get better? Like how do I become aware of yeah. when God's talking to me? Yeah, man. So that's a great question, right? You you hitting on a nerve there. That's um I can feel that. So um this is why and I don't want to preach, but this is why. And this is a spirit. spiritual thing, man. This is a spiritual thing. Because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in a yeah. minute. Yeah, well, that's the key, right? Is recognizing the Holy Spirit's voice. So, like, a couple things that, that we talk about in the book, like, do you have peace, right? Does it give you peace? When you imagine yourself doing that thing, does it give you peace, right? Number two, does it go against what the world says makes sense? The world's going to tell you something's crazy, right? I mean, and, and what does it say there? Number three, can you find it scripturally? So can you look in the scripture and find supporting scripture, took it in context that can support what you're trying to do? Number four, does God get all the glory, right? And number five, does it make the world a better place? And so if you can answer yes to all those things for me, that's my gauge for, okay, this comes from God. Because we get a lot of thoughts. We get a lot of ideas, but not all of them come from God and like, hey, I want you to do this. Some of them is us saying, uh -huh, hey, wouldn't it be cool? Right. Wouldn't it be cool if I could do this? But yeah. it, it wouldn't necessarily align with him. If I look at my story now, I'm an engineer, man. I, like, I, I'm, I, I'm a technical guy. But you know what I'm doing now? I'm training people on workforce development. I'm sitting in my office now in New York that you never could have told me I'd be here, uh -huh. working for a company that, we're, that we train a thousand, people's, a thousand people a year and green energy technologies. I'm not even really using my degree, uh -huh. but my passion was for impacting people. And check this out. They're letting me insert 52 principles of power into all the classes that come through Apex School. Apex School is a 100-year-old technical school in New York in all five of the boroughs. So now, 52 principles of power 
God's, God's handbook will be taught in every borough through every one of the training centers that all lead up through New York. So, 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 so I could have wrote that script. I thought I was going to be like either selling cars or building more solar farms. Yeah. And, and now I'm touching people, man. And I absolutely love it. It doesn't even feel like work. I, I absolutely love it, man. Rob, I'm, love fe- I'm feeling your energy through the screen here, man. And I feel the kindred spirit, you know, I, and I, I'm, we've only talked a handful of times over time. Sure. Because we met through our friend, Brian White, but yeah. who we're going to get on here one day. Yeah. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I feel that man, I feel it. Like yeah. I feel the Holy spirit right now. I do. I really yeah. feel it. And, and yeah, I want to hit those five things you said real quick as yeah. far as recognizing the Holy Spirit. You said peace. The whole yeah. I wrote the word down counterintuitive against society, right? And then and then you said uh, find it. Oh, geez, what did you say? Oh, can you back up the scripture? See a scripture, and then yeah. does, did God, does God get all the glory? Yeah. And then you said does it bless the, the world? Does it help does, people bless the does world? It, does it change or does it impact the world? So yeah. those five things. And I think about that like. We when we get that great idea, right? We, yeah. we we get this great idea, and it's great. We get fired up, I'm like let's yeah. go, baby! And all of a sudden, we start we start self sabotaging in the sense yeah. like I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, right. no one's gonna right. like it. What are they gonna right. think? You know? Right. But like right. you said, if it brings your peace, if it goes against society, if you find it scripturally, if you give God the glory, and if it's gonna impact the world, how can you go wrong? Right. Right. How can you I go wrong? The one, that, are, the one that we miss is um um two things: the peace, mm-hmm. right? And does God get the glory, right? So, so, so if 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 when I go train these people and they say, "Hey, thanks, Rob. You, you know, you're the, you're great. You've done all this stuff." That wasn't right. But when they go back and when you you watch our videos for graduation or you watch the interviews from the folks who came on the program, what they say is the thing that changed their heart or changed their direction was the power principles. Yeah. It was not the solar technology. It was not the job that came from it. If you go to any person that came through our, one of our classes, it is the power principles because I'm convinced, I know for a fact, it is the Holy Spirit that works in them through this book that allows the seed for technology and the soul to take place. If they don't get their heart right, they uh-huh. can't learn the stuff. And so when I talk, when I talk to folks and ask them about it, it's the principles. At the graduation, we make we have a contest. We have them quote principles, and each one of them can get up there and quote the principle, quote one, quote one, quote one, and Ray will pick them out. We'll pick them out, and they'll quote back-to-back-to-back principles because they have power, man. That's why they're called the 52 principles of power. They change stuff. Power is the ability to get results. And now we're empowering them to get results. That's that's incredible. Um, You said something earlier. You talked about the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to that real quick. And we were talking a couple of weeks ago or so, and I'm going to ask you, did the Holy Spirit guide you through the writing of this book? (laughs) That part's crazy. So my friends uh, and acquaintances now, Use or a lot of folks do actually use my book as their daily Bible study, uh-huh. and you would be surprised. It's amazing for me how many people will text me in the morning crying uh-huh. and saying, or call me and saying, "Man, this principle I read today speaks to exactly what I'm dealing with today." And they'll go back through and they'll quote that principle, and when we talk about what Joseph did and, and so on and so forth. And I will tell you, Rob, I do not remember writing 99 percent of the book. <laughs> I, I, I got I'm, chills, baby. Yeah, That's great. I, I'll read it and say, "Man, who who wrote this? Like, did, did, did this was this plagiarized? It was plagiarized from the Holy Spirit, the Spirit right? Right. Dumped it through me. I just typed it up. And I You're wrote the conduit, it. man. I'm You're a conduit, conduit, bro. Right. Right. It's, and so, yeah, I love that, buddy. I got man. I, I got a plaque here. Someone's going to show you. Gosh, where okay. is it? I'd have to get up and, and show it to you real quick. But uh, let let me do this real quick. Stay stay okay. with me here. Okay. Stay with. Okay. Me. 
I've never done that before in the middle of a podcast. Get up. That's all good. So this made me think of you, man, when you said something about the Holy Spirit. So when I wrote my book, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit guide me. So I got this book. I had this plaque where my my wife and daughter and son had this plaque made for me. And it's, it's, can you see it? Yeah. It says the Holy Ghost Writer. writer. Rob Commodore, right? <laughs> well, when you told me about the you having the Holy Ghost, feeling like you were guided yeah. through that, I'm like, yeah. I'm getting these guy one of these yeah. plaques, and oh, it's going to wow. say Holy Ghost Writer Rob Wallace Jr. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm getting yeah, that. Yeah, man. So I'm telling you, you got, you, and it's like I, re, I just remember, and I know the feeling when you're letting that happen, and and yeah. if, if, if the listeners can take anything from this, is it's like you got to be open, you got to have the you got to have the the, the wires like clear they can't be yeah. kinked right yeah. if you got all this yeah. negative stuff going on they're kinked and so right. you got to get yourself in a quiet place and allow allow yourself to to you said the word peace be at a place of peace yeah. Yeah. and let and let those thoughts let those good ideas and let the holy spirit work in you and through yeah, you man. And, yeah. and and rob man that's what he's doing with you buddy that's what he's doing i'm telling you man i've seen it like folks that start the class right the first day they're sitting in the back got their headphones on their glasses hat they're engaged. They're not really paying attention. You, you call them. They don't answer. Cool. Week two, kind of the same thing. Week three, the hat comes off. Okay, cool. Week four, the sunglasses come off, right? Week five, they're still in the back, but they're paying attention. This is during the, during the I call it Bible study, but during the principles, right? Uh-huh. right? Week six, they, they're not in the third row. Week, week seven, now they're in the front row. Week, week eight, they're participating, right? Week nine, now they're crying, right? Because it, it, the, the, the principles is touching, is fixing something in them that they ain't know is broken, yeah. right? And then by the time they graduated, that same person is giving the graduation speech about how blessed he was by the principles and how much his life has changed. And his name, his name is an 18 year old out of, out of BBI named Jonathan. Oh, right? wow. <laughs> this is a real life story. That is great. So he's he's being chiseled that. along the way. That's right. He's evolving from being a on land in the backseat with his glasses on, you know, dress Caribbean, dress, smell like yeah. marijuana to, to giving the speech in the graduation. That's powerful. 18 years old. Powerful, man. So that is powerful. And, I, and Rob Wallace can't do that. No. Only the Holy Spirit can make that change, man. Yeah. So our job is just to be the funnel and sprinkle the seed and let him work, man. That's his job. My job is to introduce it. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's job is to go in and change the Make mold the and fix. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> get, get that pain and that hurt out. Chisel it away, man. That's and then what you're man. left with is this orifice that now can go on and do great things. It that can do so like awesome. things, whatever it was built to do, man. It's awesome, bro. Man, I'm so awesome. excited to, to have you come on here and do this. And uh, just in the last couple minutes here, Rob, you know, yeah. you, you've, you've done a lot. You're still young, right? And yeah. I, would say, I would think you would agree with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, 43, going there strong. you go. So, yeah. so 43, yeah. and you've accomplished yeah. a lot. You've helping a heck of a lot of people. You're impacting yeah. some people. So, what else, or how else is God, the Holy Spirit, going to chisel away at you the rest of your career, or your life here? What do you think is going to happen? <clears throat> so, you know what? I, I, one, I, I think that um, I, I want to be able to touch as many people as possible. And the way you fix poverty, in my mind, is through economic wealth, right? When you can create 
millionaires and billionaires with a conscience and with the Holy Spirit as the foundation, we can pull together to do great things. So part of my part of my part of my focus is how do I create more more millionaires, right? More millionaires that are that are God focused. I call them God force. Yeah. Right. Number two, how do I make sure that people are aware of how powerful the Holy Spirit is, salvation, what it has to offer, and introduce them to a walk with Christ. Right. I can't force them. I can't make anybody do anything. But what I can do is when they say, hey, you see that guy in the in that uh, that oh, called the white wraith going down the street. Who was that? Oh, that, that was Rob Ross. Uh, uh, it, it says God's grace on the tag. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a believer. God has brought him through 40 years mm-hmm. of stuff, but he's impacted a billion people and changed a billion people's lives. Is that one of the right. goals to, to impact goal. a billion people? That's right, a billion people, baby. I'm gonna connect <laughs> you with a buddy of mine. A buddy of mine, he's got a goal. He says to impact and improve the lives of a billion people. Billion people. A billion I'm gonna connect you too. He's gonna love yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and honestly, and keep spreading this gospel, bro. I mean, whether it be through audiobook, whether it be through a book, whether it be through podcast, through people, people need to understand that I believe we're in the end times. I believe Christ is coming back soon, and I believe that He has His 144,000 soldiers. Uh-huh. Like us, yeah. That he's called to continue to prepare for battle. We're going to battle one of these days, right? Yes, when we are. the clouds bust open, and two, make sure that we'll make it as many soldiers as possible. That's incredible, and that, that's a, and that's a, that's our charge, man. That's it's awesome. It's been a pleasure to have you, man. And then just before I let you go here, yeah, how can sure. people get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. So the best way to do it is go to my website. It's robertdanielwallace.com. On there, you'll see all the work that we've done, the philanthropic stuff. You can order the book, all our contact information. So www.robertdanielwallace.com or you can go to Instagram uh, at Robert Daniel Wallace. And that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Again, the book is The 52 Principles of Power. Principles to Power. Yes, sir. Principles to Power. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Rob, it's you been a it, pleasure having you, man. And thank you so much. And, uh, and until next time, everybody, let's go get chiseled. You just got chiseled with Rob Comodari. Sure to like this podcast, share it with your friends, and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Also, you can find Rob's book on Amazon, Better Than Equal.